What do you drink? Like what? You're at home, you're working. What do you drink? Antifreeze. <laughs> uh, no. Um, it depends. Um, in the mornings, it's usually like a protein shake. But like if, if it's just like a like a casual drink to sip on, uh, coffee, I do. I had that one that I was drinking, which is uh, like the diet Sprite uh, with like a little bit of green Hawaiian punch. Mm-hmm. It's 20 calories. It's amazing. Do you do straight water or no? Like do No, water? I never, I don't drink water. Okay. No. Lauren is uh she, when she hears this she's going to she's going to have a conniption. Uh yeah, I really I really don't drink a lot of water. I might drink like 40 ounces a day. Not That's much. That's good. Well, That's better than I also, but I also work out. So 20 of those ounces come straight from like my water bottle and I'm at the gym. Mm. Okay. Um and at that point it's kind of a wash, you know, cuz I sweat it all out. Mm-hmm. But right now i'm so i well i do drink carbonated water i'm drinking one right now oh uh, yeah yeah and agency people that's an agency people thing like that's something that they do i don't i don't know if it's just like a mm, well it tastes like i've always described carbonated water as a uh uh zero alcohol zero carb beer like a very light light beer because it kind of mm-hmm. i mean mm-hmm. i don't know if you were blind deaf dumb and punched in the face it would taste like beer <laughs> yeah I mean, I, I could, I can kind of see it, but when I do work at night, at like ten o'clock at night, I might have a glass of red wine or a couple fingers of scotch. Okay. What about okay. you? What do you drink? Oh, uh, this week I started doing Gatorade Zero, like the blue kind, mm. and it's been pretty okay. I told you this was a while back now when I went through the whole learning about Propel makes me like need to pee all the time. Oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I I spent a lot of time and money to ultimately learn that Propel makes me pee. That's fun. But then also I was getting way too much calcium. Um, so I needed to stop taking a multivitamin. And since then, like Propel was my favorite. So I was drinking water, but water does get boring eventually. So I found these uh, natural lemonade. They were okay. Uh, but yeah, most recently I was trying that uh, Gatorade, like Gatorade Zero. Uh-huh. It's it's pretty okay. I'm pretty okay with it. For a while, I was doing like those um, those little bottles of like uh, syrup that you kind of like squirt into. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they're like they're like zero calorie too, uh, <laughs> but those are amazing. Um, it's kind of fun. Uh, yeah, Lauren puts it in her vodka, so her drink is literally like vodka <laughs> water plus like the pink lemonade version. Is of it that. Neo? Isn't that was like the that's a br- one, yeah that's it? a brand. Yeah, I don't think we get. I mean, we do Walmart brand everything. Um, mm. except cottage cheese cottage cheese is one of those things you have to get name brand or else it sucks mm. there's some listener that goes all cottage cheese sucks <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't really eat cottage cheese unless it's with something else oh i love it i'll eat out of the tub all right well hit me, what we're talking about today what's our topic all right today on the everbro podcast we're back talking about software and tools that you don't need um, but you well, don't not yeah, the ones you do. yeah not specifically not not specific tools but um the actual topic is uh, software and fancy tools aren't going to get you more clients and they're not going to uh, save you more money especially in the beginning because you can do everything for free uh essentially we, we did we mm-hmm. started very bootstrap we had um uh, our invoicing software is paypal it was free except you know the you know the percentage on top of the charge but again it was no it's no risk free i should say that right um, right nothing up front yeah and um we had a hubspot free crm so hubspot has a free crm that we can just kind of house all of our client information in there and notes and things like that and it does the job it does a really good job uh we just made the jump to the paid crm this year 
and it saved us a lot of time to focus on clients. But if you don't have a lot of clients right now, you don't need to save time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need more clients. So, uh, you know, jumping up to a next level CRM just for the sake of jumping up next level CRM to have more time isn't a good idea. And if your idea of doing that so you can spend more time on acquisition, I, I think that's a bad decision um, because you're you're saving more time in the hopes that you'll acquire more clients with your acquisition efforts. And that's just, it's not a good plan. Mm-hmm. Risky. Yep, I'll refer you back to episode six. But uh, we also had wait—is that is that, is that only tool we had? We had no, we had uh, Raven Tools reporting. I'm trying to think. I what I remember is coming on board, auditing expenses, and realizing that our monthly recurring was less than a hundred bucks a month. That's what I remember. I don't remember what all it was on. I would imagine there was Google Suite. Or I mean, Google Workspace now. No, there wasn't. You you switched us over to Google Workspace because I was using that really terrible um, email platform that GoDaddy had. Oh, right, right. Yeah, no. So we switched over from... We moved... Every, yeah, so we moved email to... Well, I mean, Workspace is more than just email, but that's really when we pitch it to clients and we tell them, hey, you should probably use this, that that's kind of the, the big thing that we pitch with it. But it's also cloud storage. It's google meet it's google calendar i mean you can already use those things with calendar but they integrate nicely and it's handy and it's really cheap for everything that you're getting but so we didn't switch over to that but we would have been paying with that thing effectively that with godaddy just a different price um then we moved the domain to hover um yeah so basically website email well you're just talking about paid stuff so we had paid stuff we had uh website email i had a phone um yes a cell phone line from verizon but with that i had my personal line which was like a hundred some dollars and then like the business line of the business app was only a 35 dollar add-on so Mm -hmm. it was yeah it wasn't a ton i just didn't want people calling my personal cell phone which is a good decision but not smart and then we had uh I didn't. I don't think I had a reporting software. I think I did everything manual. Well, we didn't have any clients when you joined because mm. we had the one. We had inside the box, but that was it. We had two clients. Oh no, we didn't. Um, you're talking about green again? No, we had a uh, 48. Oh, but that was just a website client. That I mean, all he did was hosting. Or he didn't even. Yeah, all he did was. But at the time, that was important because, like, we were building. We helped us cover we were, our monthly expenses yeah we were building his website but that was the one that we only charged like 750 bucks for and but it is the most important thing for people to think about because when when you start from there when you start from i'm technically negative every month right now like like for example my my side everything that i run under just under a personal llc that's under my name that's not through evergrow is technically in the red every year <laughs> because mm-hmm. i just want to be able to cover my butt if anything happens um that's under my personal name like my my website um and i have i I think the baseline for people in that situation is like um domain website uh email and then well a weber in addition to just having like google workspace so it costs me like i don't know maybe 600 bucks a year or something like that but when people are starting and they're thinking about uh tools and services that they need that's the baseline you need to cover is just those things what you need to operate so this as soon as you can get whatever your billable expenses to or billable services to clients to cover that um then you're finally happy (laughs) itbm was paying like 500 bucks a month so that was enough to cover our monthly expenses uh, reoccurring and then uh 48 off our actual landscaping client uh 
they we weren't charging them hosting at the time because they were on HostGator then. That was before we had our shared hosting and then we switched them over. Mm-hmm. Um, but that 750 bucks we wrote out until we could get more clients and yep. didn't pay ourselves. Um, yeah, for, for, I mean, not for free, but or yeah, not making money. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, yeah. So we couldn't go out there and just get a bunch of software and pay for it from out of our pocket because it didn't make any sense. We needed clients first. Mm. We had things that we had to pay for that weren't even fancy. It was just the, the obligatory baseline. Yeah. I will say if you're getting software to help you do things, you should probably learn the thing first. And it, it's, it's a, it's a notion that's, that's been taught to you in school before you use a calculator, you learn how to do uh, on paper math or on paper algebra. Yep. You brought up a good point before the episode started. You like uh, with bid and budget management, which is mm-hmm. if you don't know how to manage your budget and your bids in Google Ads or even uh, Facebook, then you shouldn't be looking at a, a software to help you with that and help you run ads. You should learn how to run the ads without the software first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can go straight into that one because I got feelings about that, and that's <laughs> and I was a convert because um, originally they just said that we worked at when I left, they were on a Quizio. And I think I'm not sure what the big ones are anymore. It's probably the, the, at the time uh, it was Semrush. Semrush. Do they do they do bid and budget management too? Uh, I believe so. Okay, because I like and then in there my was brain, the big dogs are still Marin, Aquizio, and Kenshu. Kenshu, and those are like yeah, the biggest. And uh, when I went to my next agency, they weren't using anything and they were small at the time. So it kind of made sense. And then as we grew, we looked into it, even did some testing and then it, it actually just wasn't cost effective. Like the benefit that we saw from it for performance wise, wasn't worth the effort to get things switched over and then start using it. Um, so we found out that we were just fine with how things were. Eventually, I think that there's kind of two facets of that. You you first have, however, they want to position campaign optimization. So we're going to make the most out of your bidding. And um, with the growth of more and more AI in like natively, wherever you're you're running ads, whether it's Facebook, Google ads, Bing, et cetera, it's gotten better. Um, and I, I haven't, it's been a while since I've tested it, but haven't really seen the performance to, to justify using it. But then um, pacing, I think, is probably one of the biggest things for most agencies to think about. And when I left, we were doing, and I hated it. <laughs> I said, I was like, I'm not going to do this. If you guys want to do it, if somebody else wants to do this, that's fine. But if you're going to put this on me, then I will figure out a solution that I'm not doing this. Because um, we had one of the guys on the team who would just pull a report manually every day. And then um, it wasn't much work, but he still had to do it in a Google Sheet. And I think we were using Supermetrics to, to simplify things a little bit, but still, I was like, look, this is not efficient. <laughs> but I'm, I'm also the guy who says, if you make me do something twice, I'm going to figure out a way that I never have to do this again um, <laughs> on my own. So it's more so just like, I, I find it personally insulting. If you're like, I want you to do the same thing, you know, on this cadence manually all the time. I'm like, really? You, that's how much you think of me that I have to do this and I can't just figure out a way to automate this. Three years later, Cody is still uh, following up on invoices. <laughs> Not anymore. Well, I guess, yeah, a little bit. You do a lot. Really, yeah, no, it's gotten a lot better now. And um, yeah, I've mentioned that's one of those things like next person we might want to finally consider. I want to 
I want to go on a tangent about AI real quick. Okay, let's go. No software that you pay for is going to have AI. <laughs> it has <laughs> it has basically a bunch of if and then statements or if then and statements just stapled together, which is by definition not AI. It's just a bunch of algorithms put into place and algorithms can go wrong. Algorithms, algorithms aren't always great. You've seen the thing about the Googles. Yeah. Uh, the guy who thinks the, their AI is self-aware i saw i saw the headlines i'll tell you this if an algorithm can't become self-aware it's not ai (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. artificial intelligence isn't just a bunch of algorithms stapled together to optimize stuff not that any of that is relevant to what they're talking about but it's just kind of like i don't know when people call something something but it's not that and it's like (laughs) here's a fun fact too when i worked at k's um Everybody like white gold's the thing now. Everybody loves it. They're like, oh yeah, it's cheaper amazing. than platinum and looks the same. Yeah, but um, they either one or two things don't realize that they're allergic because I can't tell you how many times I had women come in saying, um, "I'm breaking out. What do I do?" And then we would just tell them to use nail polish on the inside of their ring to put a clear coat because if if they really wanted to wear it that badly, then that was one way to do it. But also, it turns yellow over time, so you have to get a rhodium plated, and that's hmm. I didn't know about that. Mm. But that's what people like. That's what's in. It's all their age. So, wow. And when it comes back from rhodium plating, it looks very cool. So, that's a cool thing. But, hmm. cool. I'm glad we have a jeweler on the team. <laughs> Not anymore. This was, and to be fair, this was me for like, what, mm, three or four months. So I'm definitely not a wizard. Just You only worked at K's for three or four months? Mm. Oh, I it thought you worked fair. there longer. It was full and teeth. That was, the, that was the last job I had before getting into this. And that's why I think I, I said it before too. When, so you worked uh, at Walmart before K's? Yeah. It went Walmart, uh, Sam's Club, K's, then this basically well when you when you say this you mean marketing you don't mean everything. yeah though. yeah yeah no i was like i'm going from gays yeah because then you went to target click which was acquired by mud and then mud to mm-hmm. spin tech spin tech yep yeah mm-hmm. now i was uh i was an og it's been tech now with how big they are it was uh, really great there. i mean i i tell people all the time too because honestly like if somebody reached out to me now and they're like where can i work i'd be like hey that's that's a good place you want a job you want to get into this i mean you probably can't be new at this point um, you probably need at least some experience, but I stayed there long as long as I did because I told Mark, um, who's the CEO, I was like, I I will leave this when I uh, don't need a job anymore. Because if I'm gonna, if I need another job, I'm just not gonna leave. As far as jobs go, this one rocks. I wonder if the Where's listener just heard my cat? yeah, my cat was just. <laughs> 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 that was a really good impression not gonna lie um but that's actually lauren's cat and she, she if anybody that watches always sunny in philadelphia just imagine max mom in a cat form um that's this cat and lately she's been coming out of wherever she uh lives and just meows like she's been chewing on broken glass or a disco ball <laughs> And um, it's just awful. And she won't shut up. And she's also like 18 years old. So just making everybody know she's still there. <laughs> uh, thanks, Mitz. I wasn't asking. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully she stays sh- uh, stays quiet for the rest of the episode. But it, back from my tangent on AI, did you have anything else to say about budget bid and budget management? Not much other than especially, especially I'm not convinced anybody anymore really even necessarily needs it. I think budget pacing when you get big, but absolutely nobody needs it from the beginning. Can you explain what that is a little bit? Also, keep in mind that for you coaches and consultants, this might not be relevant to you. This is more just kind of like the like a paid 
uh, ad thing. Yeah. So you get a media team eventually big enough that you're managing a lot of client budgets and um, you're accountable to how much money you spend in a given month. And the platforms themselves, actually, Facebook's very respective of this um, and a lot nicer. Google really doesn't care. <laughs> if you don't watch it, they will spend as much money as you well, Facebook is crazy. Facebook and LinkedIn, well, because they're impression-based. They, I mean, if they have a, a, a fraction of a penny to spend, they can serve one impression. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you set a lifetime budget of a thousand bucks, it's going to spend exactly a thousand bucks. That's awesome. It's really nice. Google doesn't care at all. They're like, well, you said a hundred dollars. Here's a thousand. Um, so <laughs> you you do have to watch it. You have to be especially careful. Um, when we get newbies, that's really one of the biggest things I tell them is. Uh, Look, most things you can make a lot of mistakes here and we'll be very kind and forgiving because, you know, everybody makes mistakes. It's okay to make mistakes. There's one mistake that can crush everybody here, and that's punching in too many zeros in the budget column for Google Ads. So if there's one thing that I will lose it on, um, it's probably going to be that. But that happened at my that happened at my day job, actually, instead of. uh oh my god this is bad um instead of a thousand dollar lifetime budget a thousand dollar daily budget got put in nope nope nope. and it went for 14 days so do the math and that's and that's how much we overspent uh for this client yeah so don't play with that (laughs) but um so yeah why this is important is because um most most time you have a monthly agreed upon amount that you spend. And when you're an agency, you need to keep track of multiple accounts and how how they're pacing. So we call it budget pacing. And that's just monitoring where they're at in a given month based on how much they're supposed to spend. And when you get a lot of accounts or too many accounts, it's a lot to keep track of. So there are tools out there that um, monitor this and make it very easy for you to just check in and see when there are issues. Some of them also have built-in features that um, are probably ethically debatable but um not debatable not debatably convenient i think you need to dive into that what i'm curious (laughs) um okay so let's say you get to the last week of the month and you've spent five percent of the budget that you're supposed to spend and rather than dealing with billing and everything that you'd have to to clean that up straighten it out we just roll things over if we don't spend the budget, or even if we overspend a little bit too, we notify the client. We say, hey, you know, it's really hard to spend exact numbers. We're rolling over the exceeding amount and we'll take care of it next month. Right. But I've seen, I can't remember the tool. I don't even really want to say it, um, even if I did know it, but it was a spend the budget button <laughs> where you get to the last few days and you realize, oh no, I didn't spend what I needed to. Let's let's floor it and you know put the pedal to the floor and make sure all the budget gets spent this month so we don't have to deal with underspend um and the problems that come with that <laughs> so oh um debatable because most likely what's going to happen in those situations is let's say it's google ads what was previously uh five dollars per click you're going to start seeing like 30 and wonder what just happened right mm. not necessarily but very possible um and 
it's easier yeah. to explain to a client like, oops, I didn't, we didn't spend your, all of your budget. Um, we're going to roll it over versus, yeah, I forgot to in the last of the month. So I made the executive decision to just spend it all in three days. <laughs> I think that's going to piss them off a lot more than you just being like, hey, sorry, I didn't spend your budget. Um, let's roll it over and have a bigger month next month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, yeah. Once you start getting further into day parting and things like that and realizing just how much the performance varies, uh, that's those things can have an even bigger uh, impact. But I think in general, for most accounts, because smaller accounts, especially you get very big accounts, it's different when people are spending millions a month or something like that. But you know, people really will freak out and be like, my ads weren't running at this time. And it's like, yeah, well, it's not really that big of a deal because it was 20 bucks or something like that but you know once when the numbers get big and the performance really changes by time of day or day of week that sort of thing then those things really do get impacted so it, it eventually becomes very important to monitor how your budgets are pacing and we used to have this was a our agency Jake, before before I left, we would have I would call it the we would shame each other because we'd have a meeting for people who overspent and then they would get their names called out. And then whenever somebody's name would get called out, I'd be like, shame. Just, <laughs> you just whisper it, you know, like that's you funny. just get louder. Was it like every a, time. was it like a funny call out or was it like a oh, you cut out for a sec, can't hear you? Oh, wait, sorry. Was it like sure. a was it like a funny call out or was it like uh just like a like hey, don't do this? Uh, no, it was funny, but it shouldn't have been. Um, (laughs) (laughs) oh, so it was like a, Hey, don't do this, but it ended up being funny. It was funny because what else could you do? I mean, I don't want to, I'll rip on us instead of the company. We were young and dumb and yep. We were young and dumb. I'll just say that. But Haley, who was our boss at the time would remind us and be like, guys, this isn't, this isn't really funny. Like this comes out of our department, you know? So (laughs) (laughs) yeah. No, that, I mean, it's a little funny. <laughs> uh, where were we, man? Um, oh, speaking of budgets. So every now and then I get somebody for some reason that wants to listen to me talk for an hour and like pays me for it. So um, I'm in groups all the time, uh, just kind of perusing Facebook. And some people want to talk to me for an hour and pay me just to answer their questions relating to s- certain things. So um, the first time this happened, I can't. Remember, I think I charged like 80 bucks an hour for this guy to question me about my agency and just how I started it and things like that. <laughs> you should have waited. Because he would have got this for free on this podcast. Um, <laughs> but uh, and then another guy recently, within the last week, he wanted to pay me. I, I was like, okay, I don't know, 60 bucks. Because he wanted to talk about ads. And I'm not as experienced in ads as I am starting an agency. So uh, uh, Cody is my ad guy. But if he wants to talk about SEO, I'll, tell, I'll talk to him. I'll, you know, I'll do 80 bucks. But he owns a pest control company. And I'm like, hey, that's kind of in our wheelhouse. I'm familiar with this. Mm-hmm. And he had very simple questions about ads because he sent, I had him send them over to me in advance. And I thought, these are, these are really easy. So we'd, we talked for an hour. Uh, I gave him a little bit more time. But then, uh, yeah, he paid and everything. He just messaged me on Facebook, I think, yesterday or, or two days ago. And he goes, hey, should I, should I invest in or should I get the ClickSees, which is just like, a, like an ad? It's supposed to stop click fraud. So click fraud is the idea that your competitors or bots are clicking on your ads and just costing you money uh, in the hopes that you stop running ads or they drive your business into the ground. But I was like, no, don't get that. Especially if you're like spending two to 300 bucks a month on your business and you have a very small business for two reasons. One is because the click fraud isn't a thing that's happening at a business your size. And two, 
I feel like softwares like that make click fraud seem like a bigger problem than it actually is. If you run ads and you think like 100% of your ads are bots because you actually dove into the data, it's 100% bounce rate or, you know, you're getting zero conversions, eh, maybe, maybe take a look into it. But at the same time, Google can, Google can detect click fraud on its own. If you ever searched for an ad or searched for your business multiple times and it stopped showing you ads, that's part of its that's part of its algorithm to determine if someone might be you know just clicking on ads but not actually looking in the market for anything they can also uh blacklist your ip too from ads if you are clicking on ads but not taking any kind of action so it's already built into google's algorithm i don't exactly have a lot of experience with clicksees but i mean we we spend well like thousands of tens of thousands of dollars a month in google ads and we have noticed zero click fraud yeah i think it's just something that isn't i mean what are you going to do you media buying is media buying you buy the traffic if the traffic is good you keep buying it if the traffic is bad you stop buying it depending on where you're buying the traffic from where your audience is i mean google ads especially is tier one i mean it doesn't get better that's the best traffic you can buy you want to start moving your way down. I mean, you've got misclicks with social traffic on mobile, that sort of thing. It happens. These things are unavoidable. You start getting to really sketchy networks. You're going to have more click fraud. But ultimately, what it comes down to is you're buying. You're buying what you're buying. Are you happy with what you got? Good. Cool. Keep doing it. Don't. Okay. Then uh, don't spend your money there. <laughs> Put it wherever else you need to. I mean, it's just, it's whether or not things are cost effective. That's how, how I always view it is are you happy with what you got for the money you spent? And then, but I just don't overly complicate things. It's, it's, it's just not needed. Or if it is, if you, you hit a tier where it ultimately is needed, then come back and convince me because either you're doing much better than me, I guess, or uh, yeah, I just need to, uh, to be reeducated or something because it's not a priority, not, not a big enough one. There's much bigger things, much higher up on our list of things that matter. A hundred percent. Uh, there, this, so this whole podcast episode started, this idea for this episode started because, uh, there was this guy I went to church with and he referred one of his, I don't know if it was a family friend or whatever, but young kid, he was probably just in college, a kind of a well-off kid actually wanted to start his own agency. But I, I think it was kind of a situation where being an entrepreneur or a business owner sounded cool because he wasn't hurting for money. Um, but uh, I could tell that he took an online guru course. And because of the questions he started asking me, we I mean, we got like a Facebook chat and um, after he kind of linked us up and they were like, you know, what do, what do you do in revenue? I'm like, why, you know, why, why do you, why does it matter what I do in revenue? Are you trying to like, are you trying to vet me to see if I'm a good enough candidate to learn from? Because as far as I know, you make zero. And... <laughs> Um, so take any advice you can get. And, uh, he, I, I, you know, I told him, and I think it was like, I think at the time it was when we first started, but I think we were doing like 60,000 a year. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that was, and I, but I, I told him, I was like, yeah, I have a partner. And I don't think that was enough for him to, to take me seriously. And, and we, you know, we had just started. So we were in a, we were in a pretty good spot for where we were. We weren't even paying for any software. You and know, the funny thing is you flip that though. Cause I've had the, the opposite where people, I've just had to give them a loose number. And, and to me, like the, the big milestone was always hitting, um, 10 K MRR. Like once oh, we hit 10K, monthly recurring that's, what, that's what the gurus say too. 10 K, 10 K a month. Yeah. And 
to me, that's just like the baseline. I'm like, okay, we can start to take ourselves a little bit seriously. Like, <laughs> yeah. so but then you get people who are like, that's amazing. I'm like, well, guys, this really isn't cool. Like it's, yeah. this is well, not, I mean, to brag about. well, it's good if you're by yourself though, because if you're by yourself, mm-hmm. it's, that's a hundred thousand dollars. 120,000 but you know minus expenses but 10k by yourself is very stressful i think you're going to be working 60 hours a week by yourself and you're going to hate your life you're doing you're doing things you don't love you are invoicing your finances things like that cool you made a uh harder job for yourself yeah (laughs) yeah but you know like last episode we were talking about gurus and like they saw you know you can get five clients two thousand dollars a month you're not going to get five clients on two thousand dollars a month You're, you're just you're not and if you do, come back to me and tell me how you did it because it's not going to happen. And if uh, also, I'm going to add on a layer of complexity to that. All five of those clients have to stay on for a year and then come back to me and tell me that you did it because business owners are not stupid. They're not just going to hand over their money and, and give it to some guy who doesn't know what they're doing or girl who doesn't know what they're doing and not expect some kind of return on that. Mm-hmm. So if they're not getting a return in two months, they're going to leave. If they don't like their first month, they're going to leave. So, uh, so I get fired up when I talk about these stupid gurus. Um, they're not stupid. They're all really smart. They're all really smart at taking people's money. Uh, they're good at that. And also if you've taken a guru class and you're listening to this and you know, don't feel like I'm berating you because I also took one. I am just very frustrated at the industry and, um, trying to get, uh, people out from underneath that. But anyways, back to this kid. Didn't want to listen to me. Um, and then he was uh, asking me what kind of CRM I use. I was like, I use HubSpot. It's free. You don't need to pay for anything. And that's all I need for right now. I can't remember what CRM he was he was looking at. I don't, it was like a ClickFunnel type thing, but it had like, you could build, maybe it was ActiveCampaign. Uh, no, it was more than that. It cost like 300 bucks a month. And mm-hmm. you could build landing pages on it, build like uh, customer acquisition funnels and sales funnels and all this fancy crap. And I remember asking him, why do you need that? And he goes, oh, so I can um, manage clients better. And I was like, dude, you need to get a client. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I just don't understand the mentality of getting software to thinking that software is going to land you more clients. Because at the, end of, at the end of the day, clients don't care about what kind of software you use. They just want to see results. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess you could look fancier. Like we've been sending out like word documents and google sheets for like their onboarding documents and um like our sales presentation up until just recently it was literally just me sending a really long email with like section headers and then cody put together or cody and lisa put together a Mm -hmm. uh, a deck like a google presentation and turn it into a pdf and it's still very basic but it looks like it looks cleaner Mm. but we didn't go out to an artist and have them design like a trifold or brochure or something and we i literally tell prospects that hey if you want a fancy agency that's not us uh we get the job done at this price and if if you want fluff you can go somewhere else and people eat that up they love it but probably most importantly too is i mean it cuts down a little bit on time you're able to just attach this and say hey here's here's our general general services right i mean let us know what you think you can personalize the rest of the messages you need to but it makes things easier with your process too right yeah yeah for sure like i i mean i still type out a little bit more but i feel like i have to think less too like Mm -hmm. uh you know everything's in there i gotta work with you on a little bit too because i think some of it can be confusing if you if if i pitch it a certain way that's an offline thing but yeah i I think just just very be, be very conscient conscious of of the tools that you are looking to go buy tools are just tools uh they are completely ineffective if you don't know how you're you're to use them 
or don't know what you're doing with them. Uh, if you don't know how to build a house, you don't need a hammer. Learn how to build a house first, and then you can get your hammer. And then maybe once you know how to use a hammer, uh, then get a nail gun. Mm-hmm. You don't need to, to start out with all these. It's uh, If you have a nail gun but don't know how to build a house, you're going you're gonna to cause a lot of damage. That's all I had to say on this. We could mention reporting quick, I guess. And just because that's mm. probably the next biggest one. Uh, I got two, actually, okay. because not everybody needs reporting because some people are coaching, but agreement software. So like when you mm. type out your agreements and have people sign them, it can literally be as easy as as sending over a Google Doc and saying sign yep. and scan this over. People can scan with their phone now, but it, there are selfers out there that are very simple to use that are just like click the sign and they actually have like a signature thing. We used Concord for a while. That was a concordnow.com. Yep. And it was fantastic. They had a free version uh, that we could create templates on. We could send over with via email and they could electronically sign. It's no longer free now. It's $19 a month for the basic version. Uh, and as soon as they did that, we got off. That was actually right when we invested in um, HubSpot's paid sales CRM. And they had a quote feature in there that we could do the exact same thing with Concord in uh, and just make it super easy. But, but if, if we couldn't, we probably still would have just drop 20 bucks a month and kept doing it right i mean yeah probably would yeah i would say we'd do that or i would look for some other free version of the software or try to create uh an agreement in google docs Uh, yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. it's just it's not it doesn't need to be as professional as a software you spend money on especially if you don't have any clients like be scrappy when you first start and that's fine um but if you want to run negative when you first start that's I guess that's fine. Just be smart about it. You know, mm. pick and choose your stuff. Would you rather have reporting for 20 bucks a month or would you rather have uh, an agreement for $20 a month? Because mm. uh, you start layering both those in and now you got four, now you're 40 bucks a month in, 300 bucks a year, and uh, suddenly your costs are building up. That doesn't even include your hosting and your domain and your email. Mm-hmm. All right, reporting. Lead us in. Um, reporting is a big one. It's a really big one. It's probably, I think it's one of the most important things. And there's a ton of them out there, a ton of options, and they vary dramatically in price. But really, again, as long as it conveys what you need it to, and then your clients are happy and then they understand, then cool, you're good to go. I've seen some that like start at 500 bucks and go up from there. That's insane. Uh, Nobody should be starting out there at all. And even the people who move to that, um, I had been a part of many conversations of, not sure how to word this. I think it's a common, you know, people grow into their money. I think agencies also feel obligated to grow into their money so that when they get bigger and they think that they're doing better, that they feel obligated to pay more for these services to make themselves look more expensive or whatever as well. And it's not always as impressive. (laughs) In fact, things were fine before and it's just creep. It's just money creep and you don't need to do it. Um, don't fix what isn't broken and especially don't go the other way. Don't don't break things further and spend more money doing it. Dude, I know and you I, hate Neil Patel, mm-hmm. uh, but I was watching a video. Of, I think it was it might have been him with Brian Dean. They're just like sitting against a white backdrop and they were talking about the different marketing softwares that they pay for for their agencies. Mm-hmm. And like, if you're into SEO, you know who those two people are. Brian Dean from Backlinko, which was just acquired by Semrush and Neil Patel. You should know, you should know who Neil Patel is. But Cody doesn't like them very much. At least Neil Patel. I don't know how you feel about Brian Dean. He's okay. He used to have really good stuff. I've it's been so long since I've really seen much of either of them. But Neil Patel articles, I'm always like, cool. This is a four thousand word article that could have been five hundred. Yeah, I agree. I think Neil Patel was saying that he only they only spent like two hundred bucks a month on marketing software, and that was it. 
And <laughs> if you know a lot, about, a lot about marketing software out there, that can be easily just be one one piece, and that's it. And that's kind of a big deal for someone as big as that only purchasing or using one software. It, it kind of goes to show that you don't need a lot of the stuff that's out there, especially someone as big as him. Uh, we spend zero dollars on marketing software if you don't know reporting yeah if it's as simple as doing seo i think most people who get worried about that stuff and make it a conscious like it's it's constantly on their brain it's because they don't know how to do seo like Mm -hmm. doing seo is not that hard um and it's not even it it doesn't require the best really i still believe that the best tools are free maybe not free in the sense like i'm still a huge fan of the google keyword planner it's amazing. It rocks. Yes, you have to spend money on ads in order to get access no. to good numbers. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. To good numbers. Yeah, they'll give you numbers, but uh, not not granular ones. Yep. Yeah. So, like, if you have, if you just sign up and you're not spending any money at all, and then you get the crappy ranges that they give you, that sucks. But uh, if you can get, you know, real numbers that they give you when you do spend money, and it doesn't have to be much. I think it's just like a. We've seen like a hundred bucks a month. That's enough to give you access to the data that you need. And again, that's like, don't spend it just to do that. Like <laughs> either do it for your client or maybe you're spending internally to market yourselves, whatever. Still, it's it's effectively free because you're not paying for it directly. And the other stuff too, like it doesn't cost you money to update page titles or to do link outreach. Or... Like, like, oh, Backlink Explorer? You mean Search Console? <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. Like, and like things like 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 domain authority and stuff like that are like aren't real metrics by Google. So I mean, you're just paying to see a metric that isn't even a metric, real metric. And yeah, it could be a decent indicator, but uh, you know, so a Search Console. Also, you can you can get a lot of that stuff for free, anyways, uh, if you want to know it. But you manage your links through Search Console. We don't really look at competitor links that much because I frankly I don't care. If my client's not <laughs> ranking well, I'm going to figure out how to make him rank well. I'm going to get him better industry um, um, links and yeah, uh, that's probably our niche. But yeah, yeah. It, it's not a big thing for us. Yeah. So well, is that it? Yeah, that's all. That's all I got. I like how we end these. It's just always like, well, is that it? <laughs> we good. We're good. Uh, we should start ending these like um, how uh, Ron Swanson ends speeches in Parks and Rec. Uh, I think he just says, uh, oh, end of speech. (laughs) End of speech. End of podcast.